This extinguishing of the Paschal candle was a part of the old Roman rite as part of the extraordinary form and is permitted today, uh, but with the revisions that came of the liturgy after Vatican II, it became an optional observance. And as a result, it's rarely done today. In fact, it doesn't appear in the Roman Missal itself. You have to do some digging to find out whether it was prohibited or not. It was not. Uh, I suspect that the reason this is rarely done is because uh, we've lost a sense of what the Paschal candle is, that the candle is Christ. There's another change that took place regarding the Paschal candle, uh, and it is found in the rite of the Easter Vigil, very slight changes, but they're significant enough. Uh, the ritual and the text for the blessing of the candle and the exultet uh, obscure the fact that the blessing of the candle is really a direct parallel of the consecration of the bread and wine at the canon of the Mass. And so the, the Paschal candle, again, really is Christ. And it is he who leads us into the darkened church to the baptismal font, and finally to the altar, to the Holy Eucharist, where he is received, body, blood, soul, and divinity, into the bodies and souls of believers. Now, one reason that the extinguishing of the candle might have been lost or or made optional is that the ritual might give rise to misunderstandings about what takes place at the Ascension, what we're celebrating today. Uh, But potential misunderstanding is not a good reason to make changes necessarily. Um, Certainly there have been many misunderstandings about the Eucharist itself, but we don't drop that right from our celebrations. Rather, what we do is we learn uh, to apply our minds to understand what the ritual is telling us, what God is saying to us through the church. And this application of our minds is actually where I'm going with all of this. And here, uh, oddly enough, I agree with the old translation of the Roman Missal. Um, A couple of slight points uh, over against the the usually better, newer version that we got about six years ago. So in the collect of the Mass today, the opening prayer that the priest says after the Gloria, uh, in our previous translation, it read this. Father in heaven, our minds were prepared for the coming of your kingdom when you took Christ beyond our sight. And the new prayer reads, Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that we who believe that your only begotten Son, our Redeemer, ascended this day into heaven, may in spirit dwell already in heavenly realms. Now again, on the whole, the the new translation is more accurate, and so uh, I, I hate to... Uh, split hairs on this point, but there's one word in here where the old version is more literal. In the Latin version, there's the word mente, uh, which means mind and, and not spirit. But the new translation isn't entirely wrong. Our minds are part of spiritual reality, part of our spiritual nature. Uh, but mind is more specific. And here it is really meant to be contrasted with sense perception which is symbolized by the lighting of the candle, which we can see. When that light is extinguished, we have to learn to see not with our eyes anymore, but with our minds. We no longer aim to see Christ with our bodily senses, but to know and understand his presence by an act of the mind, by thought. Uh, This is another way, again, in which I oddly prefer the old translation, because 
In addition to meaning mind, the Latin word mente, uh, if you don't mind me going into a little grammar here, is in the ablative case, and it's an ablative of means or instrument. This is to say that our minds are tools. They're meant to be used. They are the ladders by which we ascend to God, to heavenly things. This requires that we learn to use our minds properly to make this happen. So meditating on this reality in preparation for today's celebration, uh, I, I remember this old saying, uh, mind over matter. By this we usually mean that in spite of our body's demands, it's possible to use our minds to discipline our bodies through reason and make our bodies conform to our spiritual aspirations. So we might want to lose weight to feel better about ourselves or to be able to do something like play a sport or a, a musical instrument. And so we use our minds to, to work out what we have to do to train our bodies to respond in the right way. But this popular adage reveals a more fundamental truth. And that is that before there was any material creation at all, there was God. And the material world was planned by God with a purpose. So before there was any matter, there was mind, the mind of God. Mind is always of a higher order than matter. And our minds are what make us like God. And to the extent that we purify our thinking through the chastisement of our bodies and through the meditation on sacred mysteries, we ascend with Christ to reign with him. And this reign does not actually take us literally out of the world in the sense of we're not here anymore, going somewhere else to a different place. Rather, it makes the entire cosmos accessible to us. Just as Christ is no longer bound by one location, but he appears on multiple altars throughout the world. The, the collect, the opening prayer in the New Translation, also speaks of dwelling in heavenly realms, which again, I wouldn't say is entirely wrong, but it could be misleading. Uh, the Latin is in celestibus, and probably is more literally rendered as among heavenly things. So we aim to dwell among heavenly things. What are these heavenly things? Well, they're spiritual things. Therefore, they're available everywhere. Uh, they, they go with us, as it were. We don't have to be in any particular place to worship God, to know God, to see Christ's presence. In fact, we are to, uh, when we're sent forth from the Holy Mass, we're meant to bring the kingdom of heaven to bear on the material world wherever we go, by living in the Spirit, by the use of our minds, by calling to mind Christ's presence in all things and witnessing to him to others. Now, we might imagine that this process of thinking differently and renewing our minds is work that, uh, through my homily, you've suddenly been saddled with. Uh, one more thing that God is piling on for you to do today, uh, but this would also be a mistake, because what capacitates our minds, what makes them able to do this work, is not simply our own effort, uh, but it is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we should note that in extinguishing the Paschal candle today, it will stay unlit, not until next Easter Vigil, but until Pentecost, when Christ's Spirit enters the world of our bodily existence to elevate us, to elevate our minds 
to set them on the things of heaven. And so today is a day of rejoicing. It's the beginning of this movement of ourselves into the kingdom of heaven, following Christ our head. Christ is ascending into heaven not as a place, but as a new existence, a spiritual existence that fills all things. It is an invitation for us to follow him by the purification of our minds and hearts. And we begin today a 10-day period of asking God to send the Holy Spirit into our minds and hearts that we may be true co-heirs with Christ, that we may ascend as Christ's body to where our head has preceded us into that transformed existence where God is all in all.